back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throw it high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It's Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the last of the position preview series, we conclude this thing with the safeties. Last year's starters, Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain, changed positions, plus another rookie in the room who can do both play the slot and play safety in the third round of this year's draft in Brandon Jones. And we are going to hear from the Texas product here on the podcast to give his experience early on as a professional here with the Miami Dolphins. I'll give my thoughts on the debut episode of Hard Knocks as well. All of that and more on this Wednesday, August the 12th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another And we start this podcast off with some news the Dolphins made in addition to the roster on Wednesday morning, adding Brandon Bryant to the roster, defensive tackle out of FAU, 6'3", 294 pounds. He came out of college back in 2016. He got signed in 2016 with the Seattle Seahawks, spent some time on the practice squad there, went to the Jets as well. He also had a stint up north in the Canadian Football League one year with the Winnipeg Blue Blue Bombers and one year with the Montreal Alouettes. Last year, he made his NFL debut with the Cleveland Browns. He played in four games and notched three tackles there as well. So Brandon Bryant, new defensive lineman here in Miami. He also is a co-owner of a company down here in Davie called Mary Maids. So Brandon Bryant well-entrenched in the South Florida community, is now a Miami Dolphin. And Brian is in, and where we go next here on our premier camp matchups, is in that same spot up front in the trenches. And yes, we do need pads to come on before we can even begin to discuss this, but I'm going to go with the man who led pro football focus interior defensive linemen and run stops last year. That, of course, is tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Devon Godshaw up against the Miami native and new Dolphins offensive lineman in Eric Flowers. Now, this is not to say they're going to match up regularly on the practice field every single day or anything like that, but they do play positions that really do come across each other quite often as Devon can play anywhere from the nose tackle, one technique, two, two eye, three, three eye technique, all the way out to the four technique, which can get yourself engaged with the guard playing all those spots that range basically from the center all the way out to the guard and the outside shoulder of the guard on the defensive line out there. And just the pure power of these two guys and the way they match up together. I'm looking at matchups when we talk about this that pit strength versus strength of the players. And like yesterday, for instance, we talked about Devontae Parker on contested catches and balls that are in tight windows and how Byron Jones created the most tight window throws of any cornerback in the NFL last season. Well, Godshaw is one of the premier run stuffers in the NFL, and it really goes beyond the numbers in that department. He's so strong. I asked him last year at camp about two-gapping in this defense for Brian Flores, which is more of a read-and-react type of defense, hold-the-point style of play compared to the quick upfield penetration thought of a one-gap defense. And on the surface, it does tell you you're either responsible for one-gap or for two-gap in that defense. And Devon said that he played a lot of two-gapping back in college. So he's well-versed there after a couple years here under Chris Kusarek, who was the coach on the defensive line for a couple years in Miami, who of course now is with the 49ers in San Francisco and that aggressive front forward with that one-gap style of play out there by the bay, lying in some hay, maybe even use some clay, maybe one day. 
And happy Gilmore references aside, Devon did talk to me last year at training camp about playing in this defense and how you want to be more aggressive with the hands. We're just playing with you know, more, you know, uh, more hands, you know, uh, aggressiveness, you know, uh, reading, uh, reading our blocks the right way, you know, uh, reading our keys, you know. And, you know, that's about it. It's still the same thing, still football at the end of the day. You enjoying the two gap over one gap? Or? Yeah, I did it, I did it in college. Did it in I did it at college. LSU, you know, Coach O. Uh, we did two gap in my last year with Coach Aranda. But my last... My last year, I think, I think my last year, we did, we did two gaps, so I'm used to it. So you hear him talking a little bit there about the difference between one gap and two gap. But like he said, at the end of the day, it's all football. You have to win either way, whatever scheme you are playing. And the one thing Godshaw has is that strength that just never goes away. It never quits. He can send that initial punch and really shock the guy across from him. Anytime you watch offensive line versus defensive line, they want to knock that guy backwards, right? You want to move bodies on the line of scrimmage. And that can help disrupt the entire play, not just for the guy that he knocks back, but for the entire offensive line as they try to find their gaps and find their blocks and find their landmarks. He does a real nice job of staying in his gap and creating opportunities for those guys around him. Now, In the other corner, Eric Flowers, his job is to make Devon move the other direction. So he signed here to play guard after a damn good 2019 season up in Washington, his first playing guard in the NFL. And from week nine at Buffalo to the season finale in Dallas for Washington last year, Flowers was in the green and blue territory. That's where you want to be on Pro Football Focus's grades. In the run blocking grades on PFF, he was impenetrable. He moved guys off the spot. And it makes sense, right? He's listed at 330 pounds. He can bend exceptionally well for a guy that size. He's often the low man off the snap, has that pop in the hips that you hear about from scouts all the time that really help him engage and turn out the man across from him. And he's also no slouch in the upper body strength either. Actually kind of makes me curious who might win in an arm wrestling contest or maybe even a bench press contest because both he and Devon are super strong in that upper body. He's got big, powerful arms that he uses to help gain position and leverage on the block across from him or the defensive lineman across from him, I should say. And he can really, really finish blocks with a temperament. He plays to the echo of the whistle. Love watching him on combination blocks as well. And that's where Devon has his work cut out for him in this matchup simply because it's just a tough thing to do against one body, not to mention to hold that point against a double team. And Flowers is a more than formidable opponent in that regard. So watching these two dudes clash the pads will be a lot of fun. And just another one of these premier matchups will detail throughout the next couple of Drive Time podcasts here leading up to practice next week. And leading up to that practice, something we've been doing here for a couple of weeks on the Drive Time Podcast is previewing the training camp roster series. And this is our last one of the series. We'll have the written component up on MiamiDolphins.com as well as a written piece for the specialist on Friday, I think it is. But if you missed any of these, go back and check out the podcast. Check out the article. Tons of detail on each player on your Miami Dolphins roster. And we finish up here with the safety group. And among them are several guys who have played some cornerback in the NFL, have that good coverage background in their back pocket. And we start with a guy that came over as a cornerback last season in Eric Rowe. He has five accrued seasons in the National Football League, his second now with the Miami Dolphins, fresh off a new contract extension. Number 21 out of Utah. He's 27 years old on opening day, and he did sign that contract back in February, a one-year deal. Comes into Miami as a cornerback and then switches to safety after the week five bye, and he really had a breakout campaign 
McCain from that point forward. 24 receptions allowed on 45 targets. That's 53% completion for 227 yards. That's 5.04 yards per target. He worked manning up tight ends, backs, playing the deep half, playing in the slot, covering receivers even at some points. It earned him a contract extension last December, and Coach Flores had this to say about Rowe after the extension. He's a versatile player. Obviously, he's played multiple positions this year. He's got good length. He's a good matchup for tight ends and coverage. He's played some deep half, middle of the field safety, played corner. Safety, again, kind of understands the run fits now. That versatility helps, will help us defensively, and hopefully just continues to improve, and we expect that. We expect him to improve, and we wouldn't have done the deal if we didn't think that, end quote from Coach Flores there. And you hear him talk about the run fits there with Eric Rowe. One of the prominent fixtures of that position, and you saw it last year, is Rowe coming down into the mess, into the slop, and getting involved in the run defense, and really at sometimes lining up inside of the outside linebacker, the force defender out there, and really getting involved against the offensive linemen, and Rowe, tough enough as he is, gets in there, gets his nose dirty, and plays some tough football against the run down there as that safety. So playing different positions in the secondary, and we talked about the completion rate over the final 12 games of the season. Well, his entire season completion rate was just 58.5% allowed in the passing game. He also made 81 tackles, 23 run stops, and from the week two game onward, he missed just five tackle opportunities. So from week two to week 17, had a tackle percentage of 93.3% successful tackle rate. Very good year last year for Eric Rowe. Up next, another safety, more of a true safety here in Stephen Parker. His first season last year, second in Miami now, number 26 out of Oklahoma, 24 years old on opening day. He arrived in Miami on September 1st, like so many players did, and had a couple of weeks to acclimate. Then after the first two games, playing just 33 snaps in those games combined, his workload jumped up to 105 snaps in the following two contests. He played 339 snaps on defense last year, 74 on special teams. And he made arguably, for my money, the highlight real play of the Dolphins season with that touchdown saving effort in the win over Indianapolis. Eric Ebron, the tight end, tries to make the catch and he has it initially, but Parker stays with the play, continues to fight, continues to show the effort and took the ball right out of Ebron's arms. As even the announcers on the play call were confused by who actually had the football, here is the sound from Stephen Parker's interception against the Colts in week 10 last year. Hoyer, over the middle, touchdown! Now let's see what the call is as the officials confer. That's Stephen Parker who came away with the football. Well, they're saying touchback. They're saying interception and touchback. It is an interception. We were talking to the Colts on Friday as we get the announcement. The field is an interception that results in a touchback first down. And just watching the play again, you see Stephen Parker has one arm in there on the football and he's able to pull it away from Ebron as he hits the ground, rolls over. Really good looking play there from the Dolphins safety. Here's a quote from Coach Flores who talked about Parker's acclimation after his September arrival. Quote, he works really hard. He spent a lot of time with our younger coaches getting up to speed on what we're doing. He's a lot more comfortable now than he was when he got here. He's obviously played a little bit the past couple of weeks and I like what I've seen. I like what I'm seeing in practice. Again, this is another guy who football is important to him and he wants to take advantage of his opportunities. I think he'll do that. 
in the safety room. Also, another guy who's kind of a newcomer at the position. Played a little bit of everywhere throughout the course of his NFL career. He is the most tenured player on the Dolphins' defense. Five accrued seasons entering number six here in Miami. Number 28, Bobby McCain out of Memphis. 27 years old on opening day. He was a team captain last year, his first year in Brian Flores' defense, and he selflessly made the switch from safety, from cornerback rather to safety. He had that team-first mindset. He's a sure tackler, good communication skills on the back end, and those will always go a long way with Coach Flores, who said, quote, I think Bobby can do a lot of things from a communication standpoint, from a tackling standpoint, from a playmaking standpoint. He's been very good so far. He's smart enough to definitely move around. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can play nickel. He can play a variety of positions. He's a smart player and a guy who's made a lot of plays in this league. We're looking forward to working with him. And over those five years with the Dolphins, Bobby McCain has 3,071 snaps on his resume. He's made 208 tackles, nine for a loss. He has 50 run stops, four sacks, six interceptions, and 25 pass breakups in his Dolphins career. Up next here, rookie Brandon Jones out of Texas, number 29. He'll be 22 years old on opening day, and he made a really unique request to all 32 teams last year, or rather earlier this year in the run-up to the draft. You guys probably know the story by now. He was recovering from a shoulder injury and unable to work out at the Combine. He inquired about each team's 2019 defensive film. He went back and watched four games of every team, 128 games of defensive film, and put together a big binder with all the notes. He made 198 tackles in his three seasons as a starter at Texas. Last year, picked off two passes, broke up seven others. He made four and a half tackles for a loss last year with one sack and a forced fumble. And you watch him on tape, the way he's, when you watch Texas play, he's always around the football. He's always getting involved in the run game, the passing game. You always see him late to the pile if he is on the other side of the football field always pursuing, always chasing, trying to get after the ball carriers. And he plays all over the field on multiple units. He has a blocked punt in his career, returned touchdowns on his resume, played all over Texas's special teams units, but also everywhere on defense. Per pro football focus, Jones played 285 snaps last season at free safety, 154 in the box, but his most frequent position was in the slot with 371 snaps, so well-versed in all three of those spots. In total, in three years at Texas, Jones played 2,333 snaps with 1,285 of those plays coming in pass coverage. Chris Greer talked about what the Dolphins saw in Brandon Jones when they made the decision to draft the Texas Longhorn, saying, quote, it's his whole game. He's a good football player. He's smart. He tackles. He covers. He can play special teams. We met him at the Senior Bowl and the coaching staff and Brian Flores felt really good about him. The more that we got to spend time, they showed that thing about him watching every team's defensive plays. He's a really good football player and an all-around football player the coaching staff is always looking for. So Brandon Jones, new Dolphin safety here. Another newcomer on the roster via free agency. Number 35, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. He went to Central Michigan. Going to be 26 years old on opening day. Kayvon Frazier had four years there with the Cowboys. Played in 44 games in Dallas. Started two of them in the 2018 season. In his career, he has six 67 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and made four tackles for loss on 461 career defensive snaps. 
He's built like a tank, six feet tall, 220 pounds, cut up, a special team standout in college, and that prowess continued into the professional ranks. He played 638 special teams reps over those four years in Dallas. His participation in that third phase of the game is widespread, 156 on kick return, 229 on kick coverage, 140 punts, punt return reps, and 145 on punt coverage. He also has 16 reps on field goal block, and he made 17 tackles as a Cowboys special teams ace. Up next, number 36, another in-season acquisition last year, Adrian Colbert, formerly of the University of Miami. He'll be 26 years old on opening day, has three seasons in the NFL, entering number two here in Miami. And he came in after Bobby McCain was lost for the season with an injury and filled that free safety role coming over from the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. The former Miami Hurricane stepped right in and contributed immediately. He played 64 snaps at free safety in the team's week 13 come from behind win over the Eagles. That was his second game with the team already getting 64 reps learning quickly. He would go on to play 410 snaps, 361 of those on defense, 49 on special teams, started every of the five December Dolphins games last year, made 22 tackles, broke up two more, and he showed the range and closing speed to play free safety. He can get sideline to sideline back on that back end, playing that free roaming safety position. And Flores was impressed with Colbert's energy and as well as his ability to acclimate to the defense quickly, saying, quote, he brings a lot of energy on a day-to-day basis. He's got some leadership qualities. He's been here for three weeks, and it feels like he's been here all year. He's smart. He's a really good teammate. It's important to him. He works extremely hard from a preparation standpoint. He's here early, stays late, trying to get the information correct. He's a guy who brings people together. It's been good having him, end quote. And finishing out our safety position preview here is another newcomer, a free agent from the Cincinnati Bengals, Clayton Fedulum, four accrued seasons, first in Miami now, number 42 out of Illinois. He too will be 27 years old on opening day. Another captain on the Bengals special teams unit last year. They ranked sixth on pro football focus, and he was the captain of that unit. And he balled out in the kicking coverage and units of that Bengals special teams group. He played 1,435 career snaps on special teams, and his 14 tackles on that unit in 2017 alone was second in the entire National Football League. And his average career special teams grade at Pro Football Focus is 73.7 right there in that nice green territory. He has 694 career snaps on defense on his resume, 278 against the run, 392 in coverage. He has six quarterback pressures on 24 pass rush reps, 15 run stops, and a passer rating against of just 81.3. He also had a big fumble return for a touchdown against the Colts back on week one of 2018. This is a guy that's going to be a sound tackler for you. You can play him in those sub packages on defense and let him just rally and tackle and get guys to the ground. Again, you see that on special teams in open space on defense, a physical player that loves to play 100 miles an hour and get out there and wrap up guys and bring them to the ground. So those are your safeties, your Miami Dolphins safety group. Again, that's every player on the roster now, except for the specialist. We'll get to them on Friday. Let's go ahead now and play some audio from an interview I did a while back with Dolphins rookie safety Brandon Jones. And riding shotgun here on the Drive Time podcast is Dolphins rookie safety Brandon Jones. And Brandon, first, I want to just start here and ask you about this offseason and how different it's been for you as from a player's perspective and kind of dealing with the virtual offseason, all the adjustments you've had to make. What's it been like for you this offseason? It's been a lot different. Um, you're still being able to see faces faces I think that's a big thing of just getting to know your teammates so you kind of you know can put a a face to the voice that you hear uh, throughout meetings 
it's a lot different, especially for the type of person I am, just when it comes to overall learning new things. I'm big on going through walkthroughs, actually seeing stuff in person. It helps me kind of, you know, keep my attention span there and just helps me learn a lot easier. So it's it's been a challenge uh, for the most part. Uh, it's kind of weird to say that this is our normal now, you know, and you never would expect uh, to be in virtual meetings throughout the whole off season, but we definitely, as a team, I think we made the best of it. Um, I'm still been able to, you know, have have and make relationships with a lot of the guys on the team. Which, yeah, it's just with these crazy times, you know, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day, and uh, we're definitely uh, making the most of, of what we have and what we can do. Well, maybe your experience is a little bit easier for you since you did go through the, the, the situation at the combine where you couldn't work out because last you and I talked was about that shoulder injury that prevented you from working out and doing on-field stuff. So you went out and that story I had you tell on the podcast then was when you procured all the film, all the playbooks from all 32 teams and watched four games of everyone's defense. I want to get your perspective here. Three months or so removed from that process. How has that benefited you this offseason heading into your rookie season? I think that it just gave me a kind of an overall sight on how the NFL works. I think if a lot of people don't have any experience or know kind of what to expect, you assume that, oh, it's the NFL, it's the best of the best, you're going to be getting all this complicated stuff. But at the end of the day, football is football. You know, from, you know, from Pee Wee to all the way to the NFL, like cover three is going to be cover three. Everybody has a different version, a different way of getting to certain things, but like I said, football is just football at the end of the day. But I was able just to kind of get an idea, not only of how the Dolphins run defense, but just get a a view on certain players on offense, you know, just how different certain teams attack um, a certain key guy on a team and just kind of put my eyes on um, just players and schemes and, and all that stuff. So I definitely think it's – it's benefited me, obviously, now with the playbook. It's a whole different story, I'm trying to get that down and trying to learn all of that. But um, just giving you a sense of football, it really just built my IQ, and I think it's uh, definitely correlated to me being able to pick up the playbook. Now, the good part about having this conversation this time of year compared to in April when you hadn't met anybody yet, at least virtually, is that you have had a chance to meet your coaches and your teammates now a little bit. But I'm curious to get your take here because the Dolphins are unique for a defensive back like yourself because we have defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander, who obviously coaches defensive backs. You've got Josh Boyer, Dolphins defensive coordinator, whose background last year was with defensive backs. And Brian Flores himself as well also has coached defensive backs at one point in his career. What have you taken from those three guys? And is there a little bit extra tutelage there because there is so much defensive back knowledge on this team and on the staff? I think it's just, you could feel um, just the overall experience that they have. And that's huge, especially when it comes to trust, you know, that based off of their resume, what they've been able to do in the past and, and even coach GA, you know, him getting up here, they just have so much knowledge and it's, I literally can pick their brains all day, just about defense. They literally have an answer for every question that you give. And, you know, a lot of stuff is at the end of the day going to be situational, just like it is for, for college or for NFL. So um, it's, it's a little different right now because we are just installing our defense, getting to learn our stuff. Um, it's obviously going to be a lot different once we get into training camp and in the season. And I'm really curious and interested to see, like, how it changes versus when we have an opponent and we have these guys that we have to key in and this is what we have to run based off of certain formations and stuff like that. But uh, – 
it's definitely been super uh, interesting just to see the knowledge that they all have. It's funny you mentioned the, the Brian Flores and kind of the knowledge they have because he's known for kind of doing those on-field practice quizzes where he'll put you in a situation and say, what's your answer here? Have you gotten that yet? Oh, I get it every day, <laughs> even, even virtually. We get from not only defense, from special teams, man, they'll put you on the spot real quick. And you just have to take it upon yourself and to be a pro at the end of the day and, and really, really study your notes because, yeah, they'll, they'll come with them questions real quick. It's pretty a pretty high stress moment. Oh yeah, I mean I'm usually prepared for the most part, you know, but sometimes they'll, you know, throw some stuff that, say like four weeks into it, they'll throw in something from day one just to see if you could kind of throw get your mind back to oh that this is what we did, this is what we talked about. So that's been the the most shocking thing is just getting back to that. Yeah, you're still in school, man. You're always going to be learning on this organization and this profession. So that's that's good to hear. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate your time today, man. It's 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 nice to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. Brandon Jones, your newest safety for the Miami Dolphins, 2020 NFL Draft class. Again, appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Stay healthy, and we'll see you down there for camp, man. I can't wait to watch you play. Yes, sir. Thanks so much, man. And so there he goes, Brandon Jones, Dolphins rookie safety here on the Drive Time Podcast. We did the Meet the Rookie series back in July, maybe late June, talking to Brandon himself. There's more in-depth stuff there on his background, on his upbringing, on his high school, college career, his brothers, talked to his mom as well. We also talked to Tom Herman, the Texas head coach there. So go back and check that stuff out. That'll conclude our safety preview here on the Drive Time Podcast. Our training camp preview series is a wrap. And before we go on this podcast... It is the middle of August, and you know what that means this time of year on the football calendar. Let's go ahead and talk about the first episode of the new Hard Knocks Los Angeles. First up for me, I'm always about the laughs and nothing made me laugh harder. By the way, we're going to spoil some Hard Knocks episode one detail here on the podcast. So if you haven't seen the episode and you want to watch it, probably go ahead and turn the podcast off right now. We're going to talk about episode one of Hard Knocks Los Angeles and talking about the laughs. Nothing made me laugh harder last night watching that episode than Sean McVay confidently, and I mean confident, swaggy strut when he emerged for that team meeting for the first time rocking one of those face shields. And listen, I think he's got valid points across the board with the nonverbal communication, the cues of looking at somebody's face and the potential efficacy of those shields as they block away, you know, whatever's leaving your mouth when you speak. But holy crap, did his entire ensemble just look absolutely hilarious. And I think that's where the comedy presides because the first responders, the heroes out here, they're doing the testing and doing a wonderful job of making sure everybody in the building is healthy and we know their health status going into every day with testing. That looks normal. That's a completely normal outfit. So maybe if McVeigh rocked the white lab coat and had some surgical gloves, then maybe that would look normal. But You give my man some gym shorts, a muscle tee, and a very prominently displayed headband that attaches that shield to the head. I lost it at that point just because it looked... It, it looked hilarious, and, and how could it not? It's just a, a unique thing. The headband attached to that face shield, it cracked me up big time. That was a big laugh. The other big one that got me was in the credits scene at the very end of the episode when they made it abundantly clear that the rules state there are no number twos in the porta potty None whatsoever, and that's a valid rule. 
And the players make a great point. It was definitely a Hard Knocks crew member who did that because they were not allowed inside the building. So that was a good laugh at the very end of the episode. And now on this podcast, on the Drive Time Podcast here with your host, Travis Wingfield, on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, we stand Dante Dion. He was the one flexing up on Aaron Donald, which by the way, mother of God, what kind of a specimen is Aaron Donald? But to go back to McVay's confidence, you got to give it up for Dion because soaking wet, he might weigh 140 pounds. Well, the Rams list him at 149. And how about that? I guess I'm big enough to play a position besides kicker or punter. That's where I clock in at. But back to Dion, I absolutely loved his review of the locker rooms, showing his over what he called the good projects, especially when he got over to what he called the suburbs and the shock in his voice, the absolute surprise when he saw that Jalen Ramsey had a bench seat at his locker that he could lift up for extra storage under where he sits blew my man's mind. That was great to see. And speaking of Jalen Ramsey, am I the only one that was on his side during that little dust up with the media? I mean, three answers of the same question over and over again. That would annoy me too, personally. I thought it was awesome on the Chargers side of things when they did the digital roundtable discussing protesting and social injustices, all those things that are going on right now. And the one guy, I forget his name, who wanted some insight on the Anthem protest, they provided some perspective the rest of his teammates did. He takes it in stride and learn from it. And that was a thing of beauty, if you ask me. That's what social discourse is all about and good on the Chargers for facilitating that conversation. And finally, back to the funnies, although I'm sure the player watching it didn't find it funny when they showed Andrew Vollert being released and he was completely blindsided by the news. And yeah, he probably didn't handle it all that well, but I love the way that Anthony Lynn handled it. That frustration was a a sign of, of that it means something to him for the player. And he and Tom Telesco, you know, acknowledge that. And I love the conversation they had with Anthony Lynn there and Tom Telesco, especially when he told Telesco, look, I like the fire, but come on, you're not Antonio Gates. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of the episode too. Good for a bunch of laughs. Another good episode. Hard Knocks always knocks it out of the park. All in all, I thought it was a great episode, as good as it can be without actual football. I will say early on, the overarching theme of showing the protocols and the precautions that are being taken, are, they're a great example for how the virus can be combated and the job the NFL is doing on that front. But I couldn't help but take it as a reminder that things are just so different right now under COVID on top of being a deadly virus that it's just been kind of an overall bummer here for the last few months with coronavirus going across our entire country here. But we do have the return of football coming up soon, and that'll be a good look into some normalcy, hopefully here in the near future. As for today's podcast, let's go ahead and get out of here. Tomorrow, we're going to have some fun audio for you guys on this show. I'll go ahead and say the biggest name we've had on any podcast I've ever done. So keep an eye out for that. We'll continue cranking out the content as the season gets closer and closer. We are within one month as of tomorrow. So exciting times down here from Davey signing off. That's going to be my time. Subscribe, rate, review, follow me on Twitter at Winkfield NFL, follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. We have the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. Go check out their library. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.